Wow, praise the Lord. We're going to have the kids dismissed downstairs to Junior Church. Are we all set up for the baptis- baptism, Jesse? We're all set up for the baptism. Okay, amen. We have a baptism uh, today also. Ms. Sonia, Sister Sonia is going to be getting baptized. So praise the Lord for that. Amen. If you've never gotten baptized, it's a step of faith. Uh, we call it the first step of obedience. It's something that the Lord wants you to do immediately after, your, after salvation. It contributes nothing to your salvation. Uh, you cannot add to salvation. The blood of Jesus Christ paid it all, once and for all. Amen. And uh, thank God we're saved not by our own works, but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, he gave himself for you. But after you got saved, he wants you to identify with him. And the way to do that is by what we call believer's baptism. It's water baptism, symbolizing once you uh, go down in the water, you uh, are buried with him and raised again, amen, to walk in newness of life with the Savior. So it's a pledge also between you and Christ that you're going to walk with Jesus and uh, something special between you and him. And also a proclamation that Jesus saved me. Amen. There's different baptisms in the world. There's religious groups that sprinkle. What does that symbolize? I'm still trying to find out. Amen. Water baptism symbolizes Christ. That he was buried. Amen. He rose again. Being baptized means to be submersed in. And we're submersed in the blood of Jesus Christ died with him, and raised in newness of life. Amen? So I pray that, number one, you're saved, and I pray, number two, uh, that you're walking with the Lord, and your first step is, of course, to get baptized. I pray that you do that. We're going to be in Luke chapter 15. Our salvation has nothing to do with us. Not one thing. And our walk with the Lord, you will find out, has nothing to do with us as well. In Luke chapter 15, we find the parable, parable of the lost sheep. And as you read the scriptures, may you identify yourself, as I often do, not with the heroes of the faith or the best of the word of God, Abraham and Moses and such, but I often find myself with uh, the worst. I say, you know what, that's me. And sometimes my, my works may identify with some of the heroes, but my heart always is wretched and it always lines up with the worst of the worst. As uh, the scriptures say, woe is me, for I am the undone. Amen. And you will see that the heroes of the faith as well, like Isaiah, he said that. When he got close to Jesus, he said, woe is me, for I am undone. And that is our... Uh, Our goal is to walk with Christ. And the closer we get to him, you will find yourself uh, being undone. You will find yourself in a state of, you know what? I am not who I thought I was. I am not all that. When you find Luke 15, would you stand with me? I just want to read two verses and we'll sit down. Uh, The Bible says in Luke 15, verses 1 and 2, Then drew near unto him uh, all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. I want you to focus on that verse there. The publicans were the traitors. They were the ones who sold out their own countrymen for money. 
They were the ones who stole from people. They were deceivers. And uh, we have a lot of those. Uh, and hey, we have a lot of them today. Amen. Uh, but I have that in my heart. You know, I've been given opportunities and I took those op- not opportunity. I took those moments and and uh, took advantage of people, hurt people, uh, especially in my heart. I've done that. And the Bible says, and sinners. What's a sinner? Aren't we all sinners? But you know what? A lot of times we can't see past ourselves. We can't see our own sin. We, it's easy to see other sins, other people's sins. Uh, but we're all sinners. I've talked to people and they said, well, I don't really sin. Man, you are a sinner. You are the factory of sin. You are the producer of sin. Sin comes from within. It's not something that you do. You are a sinner. And I am a sinner. And the Pharisees and scribes, so you had two groups here, but they're all sinners. But one group came to Jesus to hear him. The other group came to Jesus to murmur. You see that? They murmured. Murmuring is, you know, stating things under your breath and in your heart as well. And they murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. Amazing. And it always stumped me how the Lord was able to receive sinners. And why did it amaze me? Because I, too, have found myself not coming to Christ as a sinner to hear him, but coming to murmur. If you find yourself amazed how Jesus is able to sit down with the worst of the worst, then you are on the other side. And may we all come today to be with the publicans and sinners, to come to Jesus, to hear him. Let's pray. Father, Lord, as we look into the precious word of liberty, freedom, as the Lord said, the truth shall set you free. We're all blinded, Lord, in our hearts. We're, We're all Lord, been deceived many times and maybe still deceived. And Lord, we're all just people competing against what? Fighting and trying to overpower one another and compare ourselves to one another. But Lord, we all fall short. And in the end, what does it matter? All of our destiny is death. And I pray, oh God, that we will see you now. Lord, we will all one day be in that grave if you tarry. But the difference is, Father Christ, the hope of glory. I pray, O Lord, number one, if there's anyone here who does not know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, they're not sure if they died right now, they'd go to heaven. I pray, Lord, you'd speak to their heart. It may be one-on-one that they'll hear right from you, that it'll clear up all the doubts, all the questions, and you'll speak to them, Lord, and answer them. Father, number two, Lord, if there's anyone here that is lost, just wandering around in life, because they feel that you've neglected them or rejected them or turned your back on them. Lord, I pray that you confirm with them today that you never will forsake them. We love you and we thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. That's a big group. All, I don't know how many there were, but there was a lot. Uh, They went running to Christ. 
and they, they drew near to him, the publicans and the sinners and the Pharisees uh, and the scribes. Now, let me say something about the Pharisees. They, they were not, uh, I mean, we, we, uh, we, we, we belittle them a lot. We shun them a lot because they were just full of themselves. But let me remind you that they do and did, they did help a lot of people. They were there for everybody. They were praying. They bragged about how, well, all the great works that they did. They fasted once, twice a week. They gave uh, money and helped out the poor. And they, they did all the good works that we like to see. But let me say this. All the good works that they did were never received of the Lord. For they did it for themselves. On the outward they were a people that me and you would look up, look up to. They were a people, they were uh, men that were leaders. They were men that, would, um, uh, that we would go to in time of trouble. Hey, would you pray for me? They would say, not only am I going to pray for you, I'm going to fast for you. Uh, I need help. I need, I need financial help. Listen, we'll, we'll take a collection for you. We're going to help you out. And they did all those things, uh, but they did it on their own merit. And God did not accept their works because of who they were. They're a sinner. But they did not come to Christ as a sinner. They came to Christ as a Pharisee. They came to Christ with all their works. I'm a Pharisee. I'm not a sinner. They were a sinner. We're all sin. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. May you find yourself on the right side today. Amen. I tell people this. I'd rather be uh, the thief on the cross who was crucified, hung there because he deserved to die, because he deserved to be sentenced. He deserved to be crucified. But guess what? He's in heaven today. Amen. And the Pharisees at the feet of the cross, they did everything good. But let me say this. They're in hell today. So the Bible proclaims that there are good people in hell and bad people in heaven. What's the difference? The difference is Christ. They that come to God must believe, not in themselves, but believe that he is. Amen? They must believe in who he is. They that come to God must believe that he is, uh, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You got to know who you're going to. You got to know why you're here today. Are you coming to church for yourself? Are you coming to seek the Lord Jesus Christ? The, the sinners and the publicans, they came, what, is that, what does the Bible say? For to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmur, saying, this man, let me tell you about this man. This man is God in the flesh. Jesus Christ. He is not uh, any less than God himself. The Bible says, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Jesus said, uh, Thomas said unto Jesus, uh, show us the Father and it sufficeth us. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, for I am in the Father and the Father in me. Amen. Jesus said unto him, I am the way the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. God in, came in the flesh simply to make a way for me and you to get to heaven. He was the 
final sacrifice, the only sacrifice, the first and the last sacrifice. By him, uh, no one can, uh, without him, no one can enter into the gates of glory. And without him, we all shall perish, the Bible says. We are all destined to one place, and that is the lake of fire. May you find yourself on the right side today. May you find yourself on the side uh, that you are coming to know who Jesus is, that you are here today to see Jesus and to hear him. The Pharisees, they were great men, strong men, chosen men, uh, to lead the people religiously uh, to God and the scribes, but they couldn't understand who this man was. All that the, uh, the gospel proclaimed, all that the word of God proclaimed that God was going to come. We're going over in our end times class on Monday nights at our Bible school. Uh, that In Daniel, Bible prophesied the exact year when the Messiah would come. Wouldn't they then just believe the scriptures? The Bible said in Isaiah chapter 9, that a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son. His name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Doesn't the Bible also say, for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given? His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. He's not a God. He is the Almighty God. God was manifest in the flesh. Jesus the Messiah, God himself, came 2,000 years ago and died on the cross for you and for me. Who is this man? This man died just for you. There is nothing that you have to bring to the cross. There is nothing you have to change. I talk to people and they'll say, uh, well, I got, I got a, uh, I said, would you like to receive Christ? They say, well, I have to work on some things. Friend, you don't have to work on anything and you can't work on anything. It's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but it's by his mercy wherewith he saved us. It's only by the mercy of God that you don't get what you deserve. And what I deserve, what do I deserve? I deserve hell. Hell is real. There's people who don't believe in hell. Oh, but hell is certainly real. And God will whisper in your soul that it is real. He proclaims, the Holy Spirit of God proclaims, the Bible says, judgment to your soul. He proclaims uh, and convicts you of your sin. He tries to point you in the right way. And he tries to herald out and proclaim and warn of the coming judgment that awaits us all you are found without the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, may God have mercy on you. And he has mercy right now if you will hear his voice. As the Bible says, harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation when they provoked the Lord, when they tempted him. They were not satisfied with the bread that God gave him. And what was that bread? That bread symbolized the Lord Jesus Christ, the living bread coming down. Oh, may you see Christ who is this man? He's the living bread that will satisfy and feed your hungry soul. Is your soul hungry today? The world is empty. Oh, if you just look in the eyes of people outside, you see them walking around wondering about uh, with nowhere to go. But yet they're busy with nothing inside. Yet they're full of the pleasures of this life and they're still empty. 
What can satisfy their soul? There's only one. The Bible says to remember thy creator. Do you know God created us for a purpose? Do you know when God created Adam and Eve? God placed them in the garden, a sweet fellowship with him. Oh, the purpose that they had was to just talk with God, fellowship with God. And yet they still got to enjoy all that God created for them. You know, God is not out to get you. He's out to fill you with joy. God is not out to hurt you. He's there to heal you. God is not out there to, uh, to cast judgment on you. He's there to show you how great his love that he has for you. Who is this man? This man is the one, the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Oh, you're lonely today. You know, you can be surrounded by hundreds of people and yet still have no friend. How is it in this life you find yourself wandering about? Lonely. Your soul is empty and lonely and crieth for a friend. May Jesus be that true friend to you, that friend that sticks closer than a brother, that friend that will speak to you in the night, the friend that looks after you while you're sleeping, the friend that helps you wake up in the morning, the friend that points you the way, the friend that tells you how it is, the friend that warns you of every wrong decision you're about to make, the friend that will stay with you even though you make the wrong decision. What a true friend that is. I've, I thought I had friends in my life. I found out I didn't. I was a friend to them, and when I was going through a hard time, they said, oh, you're, you're not supposed to go through a hard time, and they just throw me off. That's not a friend, but Jesus will never throw you off. And just as a friend does, you're with Christ, you're walking with the Lord, you're fired up walking with the Lord and, and uh, praying, you're, you're reading your Bible, you're coming to church, and then you fall away. Guess what? Christ is still there with you. He's never going to change. He's never going to change his opinion about you. He's never going to change his love about you for you. He's never going to think ill about you. He's never going to say, why did you do that? Why did you make that decision? You know, when he saved you, he accepted all responsibility for you and knew every time you'd fall. That's why he paid and shed every drop of blood. You know, one drop of blood of his, he could have just pricked his finger and put it on the altar in heaven. It would have paid for every, every, every sin of all mankind. But he did the extra mile and spilt it all on the cross of Calvary as a sacrifice. He gave himself for you. He gave it all for you and me. Oh, what man is this? They said, this man, this man. They didn't know who this man was. Certainly they had a lifestyle, and you would assume they would know. Anyone who walks uh, godly like them, they must know God. But the Bible says that they were far from him. Jesus actually called him out and said, you are the children of the devil, whose father ye are. Their father, Jesus said, was the devil. How can someone give themselves and live a life like that who serves the devil? Oh, the difference is the heart. You know, there are spouses in marriage today that don't care about their spouse. Oh, they're still married. I'm just giving an example. You could be married and have no love for your spouse. Your heart's not there for him. You fell out of love long ago. Oh, it's possible. It's possible. Knowing who I am and knowing who we are, it is certainly possible. We're some wicked people. 
We're some messed up people. But God never changes. Amen. And God is not messed up. This man, this man understands you more than any man. This man died for you. This man loves you. This man will do anything for you and has proven that, not just by words, but by actions, by giving himself on the cross for you. Was willing to give all that he had. All that he had, everything. To have you forever. What a trade-off. God didn't get the good end of the bargain by getting me. No. We've got everything when we got God. That's why the Bible says, with godliness and contentment, that's the greatest gain you're ever going to receive. If you could be content with God and having God and knowing that you can never lose him and he will never lose you, and you're content with that. Wow. There's a joy in your heart that will never go away. This man, who is this man that died for you? Who is this man that hung on a cross for you? Who is this man that came? The Pharisees didn't know. He didn't know why that he could or would receive sinners. Receive means to accept. Allow. He brought them in. He received them. They came to hear his word. They didn't come just to uh, get patted on the back. Oh, certainly the Lord was a preacher. Jesus preached on their sin. Let me say this. Anyone who came to Jesus, the Bible says that anyone comes to him, he will in no wise cast out. He will not refuse anyone. The lepers came to him. You know the lepers in uh, this time? In, in, in the word of God, if you had leprosy, you were supposed to stay distant from everybody. You were supposed to stay outside of the city because leprosy was a, uh, a disease, a contagious disease, almost like during time of high time of COVID. You had COVID, you, you couldn't go aloud and, and start uh, coughing on everybody and spreading that, right? But you could with Jesus. Jesus, I need help. I need you right now. Nobody else will see me. Nobody else will have me. I messed up my life too bad. The Lord received him. The Lord was able to heal the lepers because he received the lepers. Not only did he have the power to heal, but he received them. Oh, what more we can do for the Lord Jesus Christ if you would see who he is and see what as he received you. The Bible says, so you're going to receive others. Oh, the Lord says, if you have a feast, don't call. This Thanksgiving. Why don't you invite people that don't have a home? Why don't you invite people uh, that uh, uh, are uh, maybe alone during Thanksgiving? Why don't you invite people over that, are, that live outside in, in the bushes with the signs and all? You wouldn't want that. I hope you do. I hope you would receive them. But most people say, well, I have family coming over, have, and they're going to be in the way, right? They might not smell too good. How are they going to sit at your table when they're not clean, when, they're, uh, when they're, uh, their clothes are dirty and they stink? And their hands, they have black fingernails and uh, haven't bathed in weeks and uh, they've been out there and their shoes are untidy and filthy and you don't know where they've been. Are you able 
to have them at your dinner table. Jesus was. Jesus was, but we're too clean for them. We are too clean for the people of this world. We have too much. God cleaned us up and we become too clean for where we once were. Oh, if we can see what Jesus has done for us and who Jesus really is. This man receiveth sinners. How is the Lord able? We know what when you, the more cleaner you get for the Lord and you're walking with the Lord, uh, hopefully, it's hard to deal with the foolish sinners that are of this world. They become disgusting. The ones that are heavily, heavily dove into uh, sick, filthy sins, and drunkenness and, and, and uh, debauchery and uh, perversion and such. How, how can you deal with people that are like this? Number one, these people, though, came to hear the words of God. They wanted to help. They needed to help. But the everyday person wouldn't help them. They wore their sins on the outside. People knew they were publicans. People knew that they were a sinner. And the Pharisees had a problem with that. You see, there's two different people. There's two different types of sinners. There's the Pharisee and then the sinner. The Pharisee's a sinner. But the Pharisee wears their sins on the inside. A sinner got involved with sin that he cannot hide, and therefore all their sins are on the outside. And which is worse? One that has them on the outside or one that has them on the inside? To God, they're both sinners. But the one who is worse is the one who doesn't come to get the help they need. And they go on living a life sick. That's why Jesus told them, they that are sick need a physician, and they come to the physician. Who is this man? He's the great physician. And they came, and he received them. This man receiveth the sinners. These sinners wore their sins on the outside. They couldn't hide them. They couldn't run from society. They couldn't uh, start a new life. But they came to someone that could help them. And the sinners, and the Bible says all the publicans and all the sinners came to hear him, hear this man that would help them, that would save them, that would hear them. You know, there's one pill for every sickness. It's called the gospel. Amen? That's it, the gospel. You're looking for some help today. You need to know who this man is. He is the, the great physician, the one that can heal you and cure and help and strengthen. He will take the most broken lives and turn him into a masterpiece. The Pharisees he can do nothing with. Why? Because they're all right. As so they thought. But all these sinners and these publicans went away changed. The Lord speaks a parable here. In verse 3, he says, And he spake this parable unto them, saying, Now the reason why the Lord speaks parables is because their eyes are shut. 
And he speaks a parable because their hearts are closed off to the words of God. So he leads, leaves them with something that hopefully it will leave a seed and plant later on and some of these Pharisees will get saved later. He speaks his parable, says verse 4, What man of you having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in wilderness and go after that which is lost? Notice these words here. Until. That word there means he's not going to stop. That word means he will never let off. That word means he's never going to quit on you. You so this sheep is going to wander off sometimes further and further and further. But what does the word say? Until. He find it. That bypasses any obstacles. He is going to go after it until he finds it. It doesn't say until he goes uh, too deep into sin. No. Until he finds it. It doesn't say until he gets too far from God. No, it says until he finds it. It doesn't say until he destroys himself to where he has nothing now to offer God or is unable to be used by God because he's destroyed his testimony, destroyed his uh, appearance before others. It doesn't say that. It says until he finds it. And when he hath found it, the Bible says, it says when he finds it. Not if. When he finds it. I've known people that they ran too long, but God still found them when they are laying down on their deathbed. God will find them and get a hold of their heart. Whatever it takes, whatever he has to allow, whatever he has to change, whatever he has to turn, To find you again, he will find it. Why? Until he find you. And when he hath found it, the Bible says, he layeth it on his shoulders. You got to see here at a point where a sheep's been gone so long, they've been uncared for. They're untidy. They're overloaded with wool. They smell, I mean, sheep smell bad. And you, you, you're able to get into this world before the world destroys you. It, it, it happens very quickly. Those who, they start taking a couple drinks, they'll find out quickly that the alcohol has them. It doesn't take long. Or drugs, or perversion, or any sin that you allow in your life. You say, oh, this is pleasurable, this is fun. But after but a short moment, you'll find out that that sin has you. You're out of character. 
You have these, uh, uh, this anger that you cannot control. You have uh, things in your life, in your mind, and in your heart that are not you, and you know it, and you're living empty, and you're living full of guilt and shame, and you start trying to cover up. And you wander too far out in this world, further from God. But God says here, when he finds it, he lays it on his shoulders. Jesus was never concerned about how you smelled and what you had to offer him or who you really are. You see, the Lord always just wanted you. And he was willing to die to have you. And he was willing to give everything he had to have you and to have me. And somewhere along the way, we come up with this ideology that we have to try to impress God. But God knows who we really are. And sometimes it takes the time away in the wilderness to learn and see that we're nothing. But when we were with the great shepherd, we had everything. Sometimes it takes a time in a wilderness to see that there's wolves out there that said they were my friend. But when I got a certain point where I couldn't hear the shepherd's voice or he couldn't hear mine, then that's when the wolf came out. And I seen that he was ready to take away all my joy and take away all my life. The sin that I allowed in my life was soothing at first. It brought comfort. But now I wanted help. It dug a ditch. And now I'm stagnant in my life. I can't get off the couch. I can't move. In my life, I can't do anything that I once did. Sometimes it takes a time in the wilderness to see that. And I wonder sometimes when the shepherd sees that one sheep who he knew he was having problems with, he lets him wander off and makes him think, I'll go get them. They need to be out there. Because when they were with me, their heart wasn't. Their heart was always out there. You see, why we leave sometimes is because our heart left first. You could be even married today and your heart's not with your spouse. What, what, what happens in a marriage? The heart was gone before they left. What happens with our walk with the Lord? The heart leaves first. It goes after something else. But there is no one that's worth having your heart than Jesus. Let me say about this man. This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he's willing to leave everything behind to chase after one, which is lost. And when he finds that one, Kayla, can you play? Were you and Richard? Well, you, you, Richard, sing that, sing that song. God, you can start. Get up there and was for me he died. When he findeth, when he hath found it. That's when. When he hath found it. There's a time where God starts turning 
the series of, he uses a series of events in our life to help wake us up, to start turning our heart, to pull us back to him. The Bible says, and when he hath found that lost sheep, he layeth it on his shoulders. He doesn't tie a rope to it and let it walk 10, 20 feet behind him because he is too clean to handle a sinner. No. He takes that dirty, worldly, used-up sheep, the one that gave himself to sin, the one that left Christ, whose heart was gone a long time ago. And the Bible says he took that sheep and he puts it on his shoulder. And you say, I told you so. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say, look what you did to yourself. No, he didn't say that. The Bible says, he layeth it on his shoulders. In verse 5 it says, he rejoices. He rejoices that he found just that one person. And not only that, the Bible says, when he cometh home, he called together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. And I send you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. You see, when you are lost without Christ, he comes for you. And he's not going to let up or give in or give up till he has you, till he finds you. And the Bible says when he finds you, he takes you on his shoulders and he rejoices. He rejoices that he has you in his arms once again. And may we all be reminded this morning that it's never about our works. The Pharisees had that. It's about who your heart is with this morning. It's about who you're looking at. Jesus receiveth sinners and the publicans, and he eateth with them. That sweet fellowship. If your soul's hungry today, you need Christ. If you're lonely today, you need Christ. If you're hurting today, you need Christ. If the sin of this world's got a hold of you, you need Christ. If you're lost and wondering about, you need the Lord Jesus Christ today. You need this man. Well, the Pharisees, they didn't understand who he was. But friend, I'm beginning to understand that this man received this sinner. Not for what I have to offer him or what I have to give to him. But because he just loves me. Let's all stand if God spoke to your heart, would you please come down and talk to this man who loves you, who cares for you, who died for you. Oh, if you're lost today, Jesus is the answer for you. He has that one pill called the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, if you're here today and you know you're lonely inside, May that be the answer for you. 
There's no pleasure in this world that will fill your emptiness. There's no sin that will quench the longingness of your soul. My soul crieth out for God as a cup of water in a desert place. Friend, when you have Jesus, you have it all. And when He finds you, He puts you on His shoulders and He rejoices. He rejoices that He has you once again. You say, but Lord, I don't, I messed up too much and you don't know what I've done. You don't know where my heart's been. Oh, He knows. And He rejoices the moment He has you.
seated. Praise the Lord. Amen. The lost sheep. Sonia has come. Uh, she got saved and she uh, came to me a few weeks ago and said, I'm ready to get baptized. I want to get baptized and a pledge to walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And he, he listen, he's going to stay with you through all your ups and downs. So may, uh, but this, may this be the greatest start to your journey in the faith uh, with your walk with the Lord, Sonia. Uh, Sonia, did you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes. Sonia, based on your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm going to baptize you. Sonia, based on your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise God. You pray, pray for uh, our sister, dear sister Sonia. Amen. As uh, all the hurdles and attacks, and may God bless her richly, and God bless you, Sonia, as you continue to walk with the Lord. Amen. Praise God. We thank the Lord for it. All right, let's close the prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, bless our week, Lord. We dedicate to you our day, uh, this time, and may you bless, oh Lord, the following days after this, Lord. Keep us safe. Protect us. God, I pray for our men. Give them grace and strength, Lord, to walk with you, and Lord, to be prosperous in this world. Let them be fruitful as you uh, bless Joseph. Lord, and uh, let it be a, a symbol to the world that despite of uh, all the shortcomings of our flesh and of this uh, wicked land, we can still be fruitful and have a walk with you. Lord, for our women, protect them, strengthen them. Lord, help our women be godly. May they have an, a, a uh, taste, Lord, to walk with you, read their Bibles, keep them from anxiety and depression. So many of our women struggle with that. Lord, may you give them rest and peace in their souls and a confidence, Lord, of their God. Please, Lord, protect our families, our marriages, and our kids this week. In Jesus' name, amen. May God bless you.